chamber. Welcome, all you animal lovers out there. I'm so excited about this show. This is one of my favorite topics. And I know probably a lot of you have pets and adore animals or you wouldn't be listening. So I appreciate you joining in for our first of two parts on learning about the principles to how to animal communicate. The angels have said that a key factor in evaluating the progress of humanity's evolution is measured by how they treat the animal kingdom. So question is, how does one talk for real with an animal, whether it be domestic or wild, right? So let me ask you first, what is the best way for us all to communicate with each other, like with another human. The same principle. Resonance is the key. Resonance, which is used both as a physics term and spiritual term, is very applicable in animal communication. It is when you sense or feel in synchronous vibration with another being no matter what kind. It is like all of you know that when you pluck a violin, other violins in the room will sound, or when instruments or tuning forks resonate with one another by chiming one, other ones begin to make the sound. That is an example of resonance. So also most women who have had roommates like say in school or college will know that often the roommate's monthly period begins at the same time, it starts to resonate. You resonate with the beings around you or your roommate, and it actually comes at the same time as your roommate. So that's another example. I could go on literally, you know, me with at least, I don't know, 50 practical real-life examples of resonation. So, but the important thing is when communicating with another being, you all have sensed this, like if you get good vibes or bad vibes with them. When good, both of your energies are literally resonating, they're coherent, and you're tuning to the same channel. So that's what happens when you think of someone and they call immediately, which everyone has experienced, right? You're on the same channel. And by the way, time and space does not exist in true reality. And mind-to-mind thought knows no such boundaries. It happens immediately, okay? This is a a high physics principle. So I kind of like, I don't know, not so politely say, to increase your aptitude, improve your attitude. So when preparing to communicate with your pet or an animal, be open, sincere, And here's especially important, non-critical with yourself or them. So all young children are naturally this way, and they magically think, and they create very easily. So you might be asking me, what's the quickest way to ready yourself for communicating with an animal, be it or wild? So I'm going to start. We're going to do this together, and the best part is it only takes one minute. How cool is that? And you can do this anytime and anywhere. 
after the show for review, you can go to my site, uh, supersoulsolutions.com. You can click on the banner title Super Soul Consulting. Then you scroll down to the subtitle Healing Arts and Speaking Practicums. And you'll see as you scroll down that page something called Heart Math Quick Coherence Technique. And you'll get to watch a very short video of me teaching 16 nurses and doctors at St. Mary's Hospital. So I took a training with the president of Heart Math Institute quite a while back at Stanford University and also got a chance to examine the countless scientific studies that prove that this one-minute technique is super effective for increasing aptitude and calmness, which is what you're trying to establish before you communicate. So let's all do this together. Okay. Oh, deep breath. Okay. So I would like you all now both hands on your heart chest area. Focus your attention in the area of your heart. Imagine and allow your breath to flow in and out of your heart chest area. Breathing a little slower and deeper than usual in a smooth, easy rhythm. Breathe in, say slowly for five seconds and out for five seconds. Continue with this heart-focused breathing and make a sincere attempt to experience a regenerative feeling such as appreciation or care for someone or something in your life. If you have a pet or animal you love, then you may wish to focus on the appreciation you have for that being. Feel that genuine feeling of love or care or appreciation you have for someone and just focus on a feeling of calm and ease as you continue the heart-focused breathing. This breathing is putting your heart rhythms into a more coherent mode. This allows your brain and heart to resonate in a more coherent fashion. Very important. And this also has a carryover effect, so as you continue your day, you can feel more heart-connected and more centered. And for those of you that closed your eyes, we open your eyes. Remember, co-creators out there, your intention followed by simple actions is what shifts your reality and can help perspective to shift a more joyful life for yourself. All right. It's as simple as that. So... Don't forget to do that right before you start body, you know, animal whispering. Okay. So can anyone animal whisper? There's a lot of doubts about this and self-consciousness. A resounding yes. Some people manage when they are born to keep their natural soul abilities when they reincarnate onto earth. And others have it but quickly lose it due to a lack of nurturing those abilities, usually by their parents 
or the giggle factor pressure of a conditioned society. So as some of you who read my radio page, I always put bullet points of everything I'm going to discuss. And one of those was how you can create faster spiritual growth for yourself by learning animal communication. So you might ask, why is this? And the answer is very simple, because the universe and animals in particular act as a mirror for you without judgment. What I've noticed is they forgive quickly. So perhaps that's, you know, why that ancient Greek saying is carved over their temple doors called know thyself. This is the underlying current of all my shows, to know thyself, to discover who you truly are, which is a magnificent, immortal, and eternal co-creator. Life is about discovering more and more of that, and it's very fun to do that. So in order to do that, you embrace learning and adventure and discovery. And this shifts the common feelings of flatness that we all get or depression that comes from acting and performing in repetitive programmed ways. So my wish for you and my intention is to begin to play with yourself in a more unlimited energetic way with an open, fun, imaginative approach to life. And life will answer you back. Mirror that same fun. And one of the most fun things as you continue to practice animal communication, it, you'll, you'll be amazed at what you get and how your life will improve and also improve in human communication because the principles are generally the same. So life and animals are accepting and are directly connected with Gaia or Mother Earth. And believe it or not, this is astounding to some people. Their souls know who they are, they know who you are, and they are free beings who know immediately and can sense your soul, your energy, your thoughts, and your feelings. And so wish for you, literally, when they communicate, they wish for humans to open up so they can communicate back to you, just not by body language. So my title said, animals are angels loaned to us, helpers, guides, and teachers. They are really concerned about Earth humans and find a shutdown, and not in a judgmental way, but in a humorous say that we are clueless. They really want to help us prosper and connect more in resonance with all of life because this is a necessity for health and our lives to flourish no matter what is happening around you. So who are animals really? Well, basically the same as you. Spiritual beings in a physical body who have incarnated in to be helpers, guides, and teachers. They are, you know, one with nature and the planet and have much to teach and want to be listened to. And actually, I think that's true for a lot of people as well. So the greatest, what I have always felt is the greatest three gifts anyone desires from another being is to be heard received or gotten and seen for who they truly are. That is the deepest satisfaction when that occurs. Immediate resonance, immediate connection, and love. So how does how do we increase those natural abilities? Well, let me define for you so we're on the same page. 
Four of our natural yet not fully used senses we can use for communicating. The first one, uh, some, many of you probably know all these terms, is clairvoyance, which means clear seeing, and uses something called your sixth energy chakra center or third eye. And that is why Yeshua, or those of you, you know, Jesus said, if therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. So he was talking about the third eye, which is in the center of the forehead, and the pineal gland in the center of the brain that corresponds to that is the portal that is used to see beyond what your eyes see. And for those of you that are visual as a primary sense, which most humans are, you can easily, I know, imagine a rose. If I said imagine a rose, you could imagine that. So the second one is clairsentience, which means clear sensing. Almost all people that I've worked with in my hypnosis practice, this is pretty much the most common. Because uh, I'll ask, can you, well, do you sense something? And most people go, yeah, I sense something. Almost all people have this ability open and working, but don't even focus on it because they use it often subliminally or unconsciously. So an example would be when you sense how a person is feeling, you feel it and the vibrations just seeing them for like several seconds gives you many insights along with the look in their eyes and their body language, right? So you empaths out there that tend to feel what other people are feeling are going to be natural at animal communicating. Clear audience is the third term, and that's clear hearing. In people, it's a little less common but can be revived. You hear words or thoughts in your head, often, often sounding like your own thoughts, but sensing they're coming from outside yourself. For a few people, they recognize these words they hear as definitely not their own language or thoughts. You may have some of this when talking with animals. And the fourth major one you'll be, uh, you know, natural ability that we're working on developing more is called clear cognizance. That's called clear knowing. And I think for me, that's the one that happens the most for me. Uh, and as I practice more and more, it just comes in as knowing or a hunch and I will ask both people and animal back to see if my perceptions are accurate so after we practice the animal communication what we do is we get a feedback back from the animal or if I communicate with my clients pets I ask them is this accurate is this what you experience and and you just have to be courageous and playful and you can let people know you're just doing that because this is a skill you're wanting to work on you don't have to make it a big deal and you're going to be shocked at what you actually pick up and bring to the fore you know the front of your brain to acknowledge so how do animals in fact all of nature and all species I shall say on and off planet actually communicate well, through something called telepathy and telepathy. So telepathy is not just mind to mind. People are really good at telepathy. They say it's a whole packet of amazing information that your brain decodes super fast and puts into impressions, pictures, thoughts, or feelings. So tele is kind of like telephone, meaning hearing over distance. And telepathy or empathy is when you feel someone's emotions or energies. So telepathy is more like distant feeling, and you're going to be using both these in animal communication. 
communication through the mouth is primarily only used by third dimensional beings. So higher dimensions of your existence that you simultaneously exist on and when you communicate with other beings that are advanced and all of animal and all of nature, they are all telepathic. And so um, a friend of mine who communicates with off-world and is in space programs, he said, oh, my gosh. He said, what I had to do to train for telepathy with, uh, shall we say, off-world beings, he said, is before meeting them, I would hold a 100 questions in my mind. And then as soon as I met them, they would already know, because they were super telepathic, they would know what those questions are, and they answered them in less than five seconds. And they said it was so overwhelming that it brought tears to their eyes because it was so beautiful and activated the true nature that they felt we were all capable of. Okay, so um, by the way, you know, almost every scientist I've interviewed or researched, like Nikola Tesla, my favorite, all admits receiving telepathic or receiving downloads, communication, from the universe or whatever you want to say, other beings for the answer, to get the answer to their invention. This is extremely common. The scientists are receivers due to being inquisitive and sincerely seeking an answer. And the universe and higher beings resonate with that because you always, the universe is reflective and gives you back the vibration you are. This is why it's important not to be scared or timid when you're communicating with an animal. They know you're trying. It's not about being perfect. And that is the way that our skills will open, just like every, you know, everything else. So it often also depends when you incarnate into each lifetime. In the present lifetime, what's your prime energy or chakra center that's the most dominant? For some people, it's intellectual. For some, it's feelings. For some, it's intuitive. For some, it's sensing. So that's the one you probably will use first and be the most comfortable with. So uh, we all need to learn to be more receptive. And it is described as simply as, telepathy is described as simply as tuning to a particular channel on your radio or TV, like everyone has to do to receive a transmission, rather than between channels where you're not resonating and all you're going to get is static or white noise on the screen. So you tune to the channel or resonance or frequency of the animal, pet, or being that you are talking with, and voila, Cation will pop in in the myriad amount of ways, okay? Pictures, thoughts, feelings, senses, ideas, because you literally are on the same wavelength now. So for most of us, it takes practice without self-criticizing, and it begins to merge over time. And you find that what you pick up, even though for most of us, we think we, oh, my gosh, I think we're just making this up. Actually, you will find out it's surprisingly accurate. It's really cool. In Amazing Animal Communicators that I will share with part two and many more fascinating stories in part two that I am seeing in action, they are able to receive from the animal the finest details, like the animal saying, I miss my red blanket that my person took away. Or I'm not feeling well because I am a healer here and my person is distressed and I am taking on her stress to help her. Okay, literally like that clearly. So when you receive intuitive thoughts from an animal, you can get it, as I said, as a feeling, emotions. You can watch their body language, right? You can look in their eyes. 
and you might hear it as words in your mind even. You can get as as pictures or movies or scenes. They might, the animal might send you uh, scenes of their circumstance or concerns or previous experience in their life that upset them. And people who are real empaths or, you know, that's their predominant nature, might even get smells and tastes that the animal sends to you. The four principles to understand about animals. One. And I, I figure if you're on this show, you probably know most of this. One, animals are super intelligent. End of discussion, full stop, period. Two, they worry about you and your safety because they can feel that many people are not grounded with the earth. We are in our heads and worrying about this or that. Why, you know, that's true, right? Third, they feel greatly and communicate all the time telepathically with one another, with nature, with earth, in thoughts, feelings, and emotions. In fact, it would shock you literally to find out how much they know about you and your soul. They mirror you and they often act out your problems or even your illness to help you so you can see more clearly. And boy, I found this out as a vet tech uh, when these people came in and oh my God, and the animal was so distressed, and I was already starting taking baby steps at communicating. And quite frankly, I wanted to put the owner in the treatment room and leave the animal in the waiting room because <laughs> the animal was just mirroring all the kind of neurosis or concern of the, the person coming in, their owner. Not always, of course, but it did happen a lot. Because, of course, they're bringing the animal because they think the animal's sick. Well, the animal's sick most of the time because they're taking on the energy of their owner. So I have a fun little story uh, about Tiger Scout, who was a wild Bengal cat that I was fortunate enough to partner up with for three years. And he shared a hysterical perception of me as we lived together. After two years, he said to me, your clothes are too heavy. (laughs) Like, out of the blue. And I was like, what? And if you know me, those of you that have ever met me, I walk around almost everywhere in bare feet or sandals. I work all day in bare feet. I wear a tank top and three-quarter length pants, even in cold weather, weather with no sweater. So I was perplexed why he thought my clothes were too heavy. So if I hadn't asked him more, I would have scuffed that off as, oh, I'm not receiving correctly or you know, something like that, right? But the concept so intrigued me because it was like an oxymoron for how I dress, as I thought. So I asked him, Tiger Scout, why do you think that? He said, because after you come home from your long day with clients rubbing them, you are bent over, which means your clothes are too heavy on your shoulders. (laughs) Her animal logic, right? So, oh my God. How observant and how clever. It totally cracked me up. And what was more humbling was it was true. My posture had gotten a little bent over from eight hours a day of massaging and body work for 40 years and leaning over people. So his logic made all the cat sense in the world. And he was concerned about me and wanted to let me know and thought I should get lighter clothes. (laughs) So that's a, a real simple but fun example. Val Hart, one of the many... 30 years, uh, top animal communicators for 30 years, pointed out three beginning facts to understand during her TED Talk. And 
kind of reiterating, number one, animals are intelligent, thinking, feeling beings with wisdom and unique viewpoints of their own. Two, communicating with them is essential as caregivers and guardians. Three, all animals already communicate heart to heart, mind to mind, and we can recognize and develop our abilities to more consciously do the same. And believe it or not, I've heard this through so many top animal communicators. Animals spend much of their lives, especially if they're pets, trying to break through our human-made barriers to help us evolve and grow. <laughs> it like, sounds like uh, me and my last relationship. <laughs> but anyway, we won't go there. So um, I promised I'd tell you four easy steps to begin animal communication, and I want you guys to start practicing that before part two in two weeks, okay? All right, so the first was blank your mind and relax, and I taught you the quickest one-minute heart coherence technique, all right? Super easy. You can find it online from HeartMath Institute. Second, connect with the animal just waiting calmly and receiving and allowing any perception you may receive, all right? Three, this is the, the beginning baby step. Three, start with any impressions that come to you, even if you think you're making them up, based on seeing, sensing, hearing, feeling, imagining, knowing, body language, expressions in the eyes or face, etc. And then the fourth one is notice what you perceive or see and what's the personality like or what's the overall feeling. Does this animal or my pet seem content or sad or bored? Okay. And then not at that same time. And if you don't think you get anything, but I promise you, you will. Because you're doing this all the time with people you live with. Okay. So a little later, wait a little later after doing that first attempt and believe it or not your animals know what you're trying to do and they really appreciate it so after they received this you can then focus on consequences of the undesired behavior most people call up an animal communicator because they're very distressed uh, for the many reasons I listed you know they have behavioral problem they want to make sure their pets are happy or healthy they're wondering if the pet is in pain or sick they're wondering if they're ready to cross over or die if the cat, pet's missing they want to know if they're alive and where they are and uh, the coolest thing is a good animal communicator will actually tell you if you ask it, what your pet's purpose is for being with you, which is awesome to find out. So um, if you go out into this, so let's see. So um, uh, a uh, kind of a real common um, request of owners, especially for any animals that they allow outside, is to express consequence. If you go outside into the street, you can easily be squished by a very fast car, for instance. This is if they don't know anything about cars. 
And then what you do, it's really important to send pictures. You send the vis visuals that match this. So uh, I know it's not a pleasant visual, but it worked with uh, Tiger Scout, who was totally wild. And I sent him, I told him my concern, and I sent him a visual of a car going by faster than he thought and squishing him. And I said, we don't want that to happen. Because when you share your concern, they are free will beings if you treat them like that, and they will take that into consequence and think about it. This doesn't mean they're all going to do everything you want because they're free beings and they have their own wisdom. But once they understand, oh, my gosh, that's good for me to know, and now I know why you're concerned, and then you, you know, have a dialogue like any relationship, and if you want them to change, you also change. So this allows you all to be better informed, and they will make the decision for themselves, but they will have more information. And instead of trying to figure out what you're so upset about or why you're yelling at them or all this kind of stuff, they now know. So, you know, after you attempt a little communication, you can go, what are the results? So allow them respectfully some time to process your time together. And then see from their body language and actions if they change their behavior a bit. And I'm telling you, even, I mean, in my early stages when I, I, I did, you know, I never really doubted it. I never doubted the existence of animal whispering. I'm too aware for that. I doubted my ability, okay? So, so even with that, they would immediately do their best to change. I mean, it's it's just fascinating. They may do exactly as you told them and sometimes not, like I said, uh, because they have a right to choose their own destiny. So you need to be, um, well, what I do is when I talk to, like I said, with one of my clients or friends, animals, I, I usually started off and going, hey, you know, these perceptions I'm getting about your animals, I just keep it like really normal. And uh, they go, really? And they always go, what are those? You know, nobody says, oh, you stupid. What do you mean by that? You'd be surprised, you know, about this whole thing, thinking it's woo-woo rather than it's natural, okay? So, and they go, oh, really, what is that? And I go, well, here are my impressions. I may be wrong. What do you think? And you'll be surprised, like 80% of the time, even in the beginning, they'll say, oh, my God, you're so right. Yeah, or, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Thank you, or whatever. That's what happens to me anyway. And I don't consider myself uh you know, like with these abilities all online, okay? I'm just open to playing with them because I like to grow and I like to have fun and I like to create a more magical life. And I know that one of the major reasons for all relationship problems is poor communication. So this to me is a no-brainer. So um, anyway, that's how I kind of work with that. So here's the never-do rule in animal communication. Here's the one thing you never want to do when you communicate. Okay. And I doubt you want anyone to do this to you either. Respect their free will. Respect and honor them as a wise being that has the right to make their own choices. On my pre-announcement that Nicole was so sweet to put up uh, every Monday before my show, you will notice I put in a quote, an identical quote by beings, one a tease of the horse and one 
called Spirit the Jaguar, which I am going to make mandatory that you watch. I will tell you that information at the end of the show. Both of them told different animal communicators, I am a wise one. I have never been respected or acknowledged. Thank you. Literally, okay? So uh, they have free will, right? And they know who you are. We just don't know who we are. <laughs> Most of the time. Okay. So animals are going to do what makes sense to them. So if you're asking a pet to change, you also must be willing to change. Behavior that persists needs to be acknowledged and rewarded in some way, not always by food, but, you know, pets or whatever. So what you think and what you do often speaks louder than words, especially with animals. Another dear friend of mine, uh, Mo, uh, asked me one day if I knew why her lovely, friendly, super friendly, non-aggressive golden when out walking would have other dogs just suddenly attack her when they go by. So I said, on a leash or without. And she said, mostly on a leash, but both ways. And I said, hmm, let me go out walking with you and the dog next to you. And you just do it how you normally do on the leash. We'll walk where you normally walk where you're passing other dogs. And let me see. But there's one condition. She said, what's that? And I explained to her. I said, most people, especially with dogs, every animal slightly different, are not, how do, how do I say that? are not confident or a loving alpha type. And when you're not, their, their pet dog will not necessarily feel safe. And it worries about, it will worry about what happens uh, and it overcompensates that it has to protect you. This especially happens if you're on a leash. So the animal, what its purpose is, by the way, I like to ask its likes and dislikes. And as I said, some said, I'm a healer. Some said, I'm here to protect. All, they all said, we're here to awaken humanity and help them. Some are, are here to work with nature and explore the loveliness of having the bodies we have. So most animals act like reflectors, mirrors of energy, behavior, and thought forms. And I have seen many dogs, and two in particular, take on cancer their owner had to try and help heal the owner. So let me get back to, you know, when I went out walking with Mo. And um, so we just walked. And I said, Mo, here's the rules. This is what I know. First, now you're phobic because in the last two months, every time your dog walks by another dog, it gets attacked. I want you to remove that from your mind. I want you to center yourself, and I want you to not project that at all in your mind or your pictures as we are walking. Can you do that? She said, yeah, I can do that because she's a very conscious being. And I said, okay. And what I did, um, I was not hanging on to the dog. I was just walking on the other side of the dog. And we, of course, came to our first person walking in the opposite direction, about 20 feet away, walking towards us on a leash with her owner. So what I immediately said, but also projected, because animals follow the pictures more than your words, the pictures you project. Really important to know this. So 
what I did is I immediately in a very calm, loving voice, oh, hello, boy, and how are you doing? And this is so friendly, and you are such a loving being, and all of that, as it was walking towards me. And I was sending the picture of them both walking past each other, completely relaxed, completely calm, feeling good, and non-concerned. And that's exactly what happened. And Mo looked at me and went, oh, my God. And I said, yes. So see how easy this is? So, and usually if a dog is really aggressive, it's, again, either how they were treated, if they're rescued. That, of course, influenced it. And also fear of in their owners. Okay? So it's, uh, again, a reflection. So it's so easy to do this. I can't even tell you. Um, so I'm checking my time here. We're at 440. And um, maybe maybe I could tell you some fun uh, stories. I think that will be fun. I want to save most of them for part two. But um, I'd like to say, I want to make sure and add this, that one of the biggest mistakes people make when they are wanting their pet to do something, again, I'm repeating this several times. Say they want their dog, they've come to me and say, Marilee, I'm really concerned because when we get to the end of the crosswalk, my dog generally behaves, but then he jets out into the, the street. And I'm terrified that he'll be run out and get hit by a car and I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. So I said, what you're projecting is your dog running out into the street, which is your fear. So you are telling him stay, but the pictures, which is what they pay attention to, you're feeling, you're sensing, and the pictures that are coming out of your third eye that you're picturing him running across the street. So the dog picks up these pictures and feelings and runs across the street kind of obediently trying to follow your signals and gets very confused at the mixed signals. And then you run across and you're really upset and you yell at him, of course, because you're concerned. But this is really important, that whatever you're asking of the animal, your pictures match. Do not focus, do not confuse them by picturing your fear or what you hope not to happen. Send them the picture of what you want to happen. So I told my friend, I said, okay, what I want you to do is when you get to the corner, you send a clear picture of your pet putting his front paws down right there on the curve and waiting patiently as you say stay. And she's never had a problem since. So it's really easy. Most animals want to please you. But they, as you, all of you have experienced, they have their free will, especially cats and other animals, and especially wild animals. So uh, they don't have to do what you want, but they learn consequences, just like young kids do. So it's a really, really important point I wanted to uh, share with you. I have so many fun personal stories, and uh, maybe maybe I'll act I'll, uh, this may not be totally appropriate. It's slightly X-rated. <laughs> but... Uh, I was talking about Tiger Scout, and um, it, uh, okay, so he's a third-generation Bengal, and I don't do pets. I've had pets growing up, but I prefer to, I work on pet clients. I prefer renting a pet and not having the responsibility. Uh, I had, I lived in a kind of side-to-side 
a little condo, and my neighbor had two cats right next to me, and she had noticed this Bengal walking around, and she she asked me, um, you know, would you consider taking him? Because he was definitely part wild, and I said, no, I don't really want to own a pet or take care of a pet, but we'll see. So Tiger came to my door, and uh, I opened the door, and I said, hi there, you're, you know, and I named him Tiger Scout because he's a scout. And uh, he would cover like eight blocks, right? Found out after his crossing over that he was working eight houses. Sounds like a cat, doesn't it? But anyway, he came to me and he said, hi, I hurt. And I said, what's going on? And he said, my mouth. And I looked and his teeth had been punched out and all of this kind of stuff was bleeding. So I'm like, oh my God, okay. And um I got the gal next door, and I said, here's my deal. If I take on the responsibility of the cat in a survival sense, take him to the the vet and all that, I allow uh, him to be wild, and I will have my own rules with him. But you have to be willing to take care of him and sleep with him and do all that stuff, which he did. She, like, combed him an hour every day and all this stuff. Anyway, he was a very, very smart cat. And pretty human, actually. He told me uh, his previous life was in a um, scientific lab where he was tortured, and he told me he had had several simultaneous lives, and that he was in this life learning about freedom and love and the balance, which is kind of my thing, because I love love with freedom, just like I love structure with, um, you know, with freedom. So there's one problem. So at that time, I was doing massage out of my house, and I had at least a fifth of my clients who were highly allergic to cats or had all kinds of environmental sensitivities, and I went, oh, shoot. I went, oh, okay, you know, and so I, I, uh, of course, took, you know, I took care of all his teeth stuff, and then he came back, and I said, here's the deal. I get who you are, and we're communicating. I said, and I just sent the pictures. I said, you will have all the freedom in the world. I will feed you. I'll make sure that there's an, I'll figure out how to open a window so you can always come in and out. Loretta, your other friend next door, she's going to be willing to take care of you and do all of that as well. We will share. But the buck stops with me. And he's looking at me very intensely in my eyes. And I said, but there are some rules. And one is non-negotiable. And he was really quiet, looking at me. And I said, you are never allowed in my massage room because it will income. And clients, unfortunately, are allergic to those of your kind. So I took him down to the massage room. And he had to walk by that door every time he came in. Okay, so you know how tempting cats are. So this is what he was. He said, he was See, the intelligent ones are always mischievous and they'll like test a little bit. But I am, when I'm with non-negotiables, I'm fierce. And I send a very no-nonsense energy out. And then there's usually a couple rules. And after that, you can have total freedom. That's how I am. So, so I took him down and he was standing outside the massage door and I was right inside. And I said, you are never to go over this line, ever, if you do you are kicked out. I do not take care of you. I always love you, but no. And what he did, he looked at me, and I swear to God, I've seen him wink 
twice. He winked one eye, and his little paw very slowly went over the play, the door, saying where I had a boundary. And I went, Tiger, no, like this. And he, he ran because <laughs> he was testing, you know, he's testing his willpower. And I am very fierce when I throw energy. And so, so it was like, he goes, whoa. So he disappeared for the rest of the day. But I knew he was, he's an alpha. And so I knew he wasn't scared, but it was like surprising. And he came back and he never once went over that. And the door was open all the time in between clients, everything else. But when he got, when I heard, you know, it's like a little kid when you hear someone get quiet and I would look over the banister and he would be, oh, it's hysterical if I could describe this. He would have four paws like back behind him and his head cranked forward to look around the corner because he was so curious and it drove him crazy that he couldn't go in, but he never broke that promise. And so, you know, that's an example of, of what you can do. You know, he knew the consequence. I said, it's your choice, but this is non-negotiable for me. And he wanted to play with me. And at the end, when I gave him a choice of how, which I will share in part two, because it's amazing what I went through at the end. It's, it's just profound what he shared with me. But three years of being together, and uh, basically he was just a mature, amazing, completely telepathic being. He made it so easy for me. And um, so trust me, I don't have all these skills fully developed. It just requires being open and, again, sending the pictures of what you're asking of your loved one, okay? Make sure those match up. And, uh, and then say, um, and then the, usually the pet will agree. And, and then you do the same with them. When you start communicating, you'll, the pet will say, I, I want my red blanket back. Or um, that person that came and visited the other day, can they come back? Or, you know, things like that. And so, like any family member, you would make an effort. So, um, I don't know at this time, but I do have some minutes to answer any questions. Do we have any questions? I didn't really announce that ahead of time. Are there any questions, Nicole? Uh, no, you caught me off guard. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Oh, for sorry. Questions. I know. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> warn you. It's okay. We're, we're, we're relaxed. So um, I didn't warn people there are, but there's often, you know, major questions. Okay. Well, I have plenty of stories that I'm saving. So um, let's see. Okay. Uh, so the X-rated part of that story, which I hadn't told you, was um, when I came home, when he said, you know, of course, you look a little bent over because I was on my seat all day, and I know a lot of you could relate. I had a, a lazy back chair, and I put my seat up, and that's where I'd be. And he would usually come in from outside. He was completely an outside out maybe come in coming from outside when he know he knew I was coming home as all animals do when you telepathize that you're on your way home if they want to see you and he uh he was castrated I want to tell you this and he my so my legs are out in front of me and he came came home jumped on my legs and began to uh do what dogs do which is humping okay <laughs> and I'm like what 
so anyway, I'm not, you know, I'm tired or anything, but I'm like, wow, this is interesting. So I talked to her and I said, well, you're castrated. Can you feel anything? He said, yes, I can still feel. And he said, I like it. It's how I love you. <laughs> okay. And so, okay, smart Marilyn, use this as negotiation because um, how he had to get in and out, he had to be quite an athlete. I didn't have any cat doors or anything like that. And uh, it was through this window that if the weather was really got chilly, I would close. And so sometimes he wouldn't come back, and then I'd have to get up three hours later and do it. And I said, okay, now I know what's going to work with him. <laughs> and uh, what worked was I said, okay, Tiger, uh, uh, I'm going to give you five minutes to bond and do this and uh, it's only going to be when I get home and so I want you home at dinner time okay and I will call you and you can come do this because I'm resting on the couch anyway and oh my god all right from then on this is after like you know nine months of having him and him coming kind of in and out and I'm like thinking Okay, I love him, but it's kind of a pain to have a cat, you know, that has such a strong will. He's used to being wild. So believe it or not, all I'd have to do, and he could be eight, eight blocks away, all I did is send the picture of me, you know, on the chair. And I said, time to come home now or never. And within, he would be dashing to the window. And all I have to say about that is he's male. And one of the times, um, <laughs> you know, and I got so used to it that when some of my girlfriends came over because they wanted to meet him and we'd be sitting in the little living room and I'd be in my lazy back. And I didn't even think of it. You know, they usually would meet me at my house after work and we'd have a little bite or something. And I'd just stay in my lazy back chair because that was my favorite place to be. And, um, you know, Tiger Scout would come in through the window and just start the thing on the leg. And I didn't even notice it. <laughs> I'm so used to it. So I, I kept conversation going and, you know, like, hey, so how's it going? And the people's expression, <laughs> the mischievous part of me started having fun with this because their expressions is like two tried to ignore it. And one finally said, Marilyn, um, this is really distracting. <laughs> right? And I said, oh, don't worry. It'll be over soon. It's part of it's part of our agreement. And she goes, uh, okay. And I actually asked the vet. I said, is it normal when cats are castrated to, you know, like have this kind of thing? And um, he said, not really. I haven't heard, you know, heard of that before. Two, where I've had the same experience with actually many animals, and I'll share my amazing, fascinating experience with dolphins, and also turn you on to some of the best animal communicators and in the meantime i want you to go uh to click in youtube anna brettenbach b-r-e-y-t-e-n-b-a-c-h comma animal communicator with diablo d-i-b-l-o and what will come up is a 12 minute mandatory mandatory to watch right? I've watched hundreds of animal communicators, you know, and I have incredible stories to share with you. I'm so excited about. 
Anna is one of the best I've seen. And you are going to see, I don't want to give anything away, but it is profound. And it is profound not because the animal could change its ferocious behavior in two minutes after communication. It's profound because the owner who was part of a whole, you know, took care of predatory lions and stuff like that was like a normal human. And his wife insisted they bring an animal communicator because the jaguar had torn his arm open and they didn't want to get rid of him, but they didn't know what to do. And as usual, not always, the women are the leaders. And she said, I think we should call this woman who's famous for that. And he thought, oh, you know, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. And he, he broke down in tears. Like he was just like, you could feel his whole consciousness level just went up and and higher level. So he was good at what he does. He loved his animals, but he was more like the normal man. These are God, you know, these are whatever. He now got that he was dealing with a profoundly intelligent, powerful animal that, and I'm not going to give anything else away. So you must, must, must watch that. Okay. And I will tell you, if you have any doubt about the veracity of animal communication, it will no longer be there by the time you watch that. So um, please go check that out. And uh, let's see. So next week, well, in two weeks, I'm going to do part two. And that will be getting into kind of offering you more hints to encourage you to trust yourself and things you can do with communication skills with animals. Uh, We'll share really, really fun stories uh, which I know you can watch and you probably already are watching all over the YouTubes, but these are some of the most profound. Uh, Some I've seen in action and some, I paid a hundred dollars to get a video, which was the last remaining of its kind so that I could actually see the video of this happening. And uh, that is with a woman named Samantha Curry. And um, most of these are in California where I live, but they're, you know, all over. And by the way, uh, many of you may know this, with really, really good animal communicators, you don't, they don't have to be with the animal or see the animal. They communicate over the phone or they, you send them a photo. And because all of us have unique signatures, remember, residents, we all have our own unique soul signature. They tune into that. And with a little help of a description from you, and what the issue is, they um, generally will communicate uh, 30 minutes with the animal. You want to make sure the animal's not sleeping. You want to be really quiet and meditative and make sure the animal's not sleeping and the animal's right there. And, they, and then they communicate. You can tell. I could tell Tiger was communicating because he was completely still with his eyes open for over an hour. And then get this, as soon as she hung up, I mean, as soon as she, so then she hung up to talk to him. And I just sat there and I thought it was going to be 30 minutes. It was an hour. And then like two seconds before uh, she called me back to tell me all the information she got about him, he gets up, he comes over to me and he licks my face and says, thank you, which he 
never had done before in the three years he was with me. And at that second, the phone rang, and she told me, she goes, oh, my God, you have such a talkative cat. <laughs> it's so much to say. So, And that's another thing. Some animals only want to make a couple points. Some animals want to share. Uh, some are really talkative. All are relieved. They're so relieved and honored and thrilled that you are willing to do this. Now, anyone who has a pet, of course, is doing this anyway, okay? I mean, I know that. You you can sense your animals. You know what they, you know, when they're hungry, when they need, when they're sad, if they need something. You've learned that just like all mothers with human babies and some fathers, but all mothers with human babies know when their child is in trouble or you know, figure out what 15 different cries is a new mother. They figure that out pretty soon of what each of those cries means. Everyone has these abilities. So be playful with it and just have fun. Okay, thanks, Nicole. <laughs>